This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for a bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Put down that musket. Stop bleeding out of your amputated wounds. Is it possible that the Civil War never happened? We'll take a look at that conspiracy theory. And then we travel into the world of the Internet to take a look at a very plausible theory. Is it possible that YouTubers are possessed by demons? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Popeye's chicken sandwich. Popeye's chicken sandwich. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun. This is actually our first episode back in the haunted closet, so it's going to sound a little bit different. I've been doing a lot of episodes out in the living room, because I've been recording later at night. But I think we'll be back in the haunted closet. I think it definitely sounds a little more professional in here, but you guys let me know. Someone who always lets me know how good the podcast is, walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now, is one of our Thanksgiving live stream contributors. Everyone give it up. For Greg Gorley. Woohoo! Yeah, walk on in, Greg. Walk on into Dead Rabbit Command. Longtime supporter of the show, Greg. Greg, you're going to be our captain or pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially, I totally understand. I really do. Just help spread the word about the show. That helps out so much. We are once again going to do our Christmas live stream episode on Christmas Day, December 25th at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you want to join us for that live stream, head on over to YouTube. I will be recording it for the podcast as well, and the audio quality will be better for that as well. I'm going to work it out, so I'm recording the live stream on this mic. Last time it was it was pretty, pretty, pretty lame, pretty lame audio quality for the podcast people, so I apologize for that. But join us for Christmas if you can, if not will still be available for you. Greg, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the hair hang glider. Let's climb up to the highest point on Dead Rabbit Command and jump off. Glide us all the way out to Gettysburg. We're at Gettysburg. We're walking around. We're like picking pellets out of the trees and putting them in our pocket. I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to do that. I was like, oh, look at these human remains. I bring a duffel bag. I don't. I think Gettysburg is like a national park at this point, or a national historic area. I don't think you're allowed to. <laughs> you're rolling cannonballs after people. You're like, hey, I can do this. It's historical. I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to take anything from there. Walking away with headstones. Gettysburg, if you don't know, was the site. This is where, like, Jason, you don't know either. I know you didn't actually research Gettysburg. Hold on. Hold on. Gettysburg was the place of a three-day battle. It was one of the, if not the deciding factor of the Civil War, where the North and the South clashed forces. We've covered the Civil War a couple times on this show. And a long time ago, I made a reference. I used to be like a big Civil War guy. Gettysburg, the site of this decisive battle. And we're walking around. I got, I was setting out a little picnic. I got, I got some uh, sandwiches. I'm 
dropping down a little mat. And I go, hey, sit down. Sit down next to me, buddy. We're going to eat sandwiches, and we're going to look over this vast battlefield. But I want you to imagine, as you're just seeing these rolling hills of green, I want you to imagine what it must have been like during the actual Battle of Gettysburg. People getting shot and rolling around, being like, ah, uh, and, and then people faking it. They're like, oh, I don't want to fight anymore. I'm going to pretend I got shot. Uh, uh. Must have been absolute chaos. But the other day, I came across this post. Someone posted on the X board. This is a super interesting question, and it should have a pretty basic answer. Maybe it does. Let's explore it together. Someone posted on the X board the other day, did the American Civil War really happen? And I go, oh, okay, interesting. Let's take a look. Let's take a look at this conspiracy theory. And it's pretty much summed up into just one argument. Why are there no photos of battles? There's not a single photo of troops fighting. I go, that's an interesting question. I mean, I believe that the Civil War happened. But let's take a look at what this guy has to say. He goes, there's no photos of combat. He goes, there's only photos of people camping. And he starts posting these photos, and these are authentic photos from the Civil War. It'd be like two or three tents, and maybe 12 guys outside the tents camping. Now, the photos will be labeled, these are Union troops, the night before Gettysburg, the night before the most exciting battle of the war, but here's a photo of 12 people cooking beans. And he posted quite a few photos. This guy, I read a lot of nonsense online with zero backing, at least this guy had a bunch of photos saved to his computer. He keeps posting photo after photo after photo of people camping. And I'm looking at these photos and... I don't know much about I had to do some research for the history of the camera to present this. So as I'm reading these posts, I'm also Googling, like, how was camera technology during the Civil War? Why don't we have any photos of battles? That that question is answered online. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking between the two. I keep going back to the X page and I, I keep researching the history of the camera. Yeah, let's get into the camera thing first. There are articles, there's an article from Thought Catalog, and it's entitled, Why Are There No Combat Photographs from the Civil War? So this is a question people have asked previously, and they go, camera technology had was pretty advanced at the time of the Civil War. It was no longer that you had to stay in one place for five minutes to get a photo. Photos could actually be taken in three to 15 seconds. You could get a photo, almost an instant photo. If people were moving, the photo was a blurry. But if people were standing there for three seconds, you could get a very, very crisp photo. They said the thing is, is they use something called the wet plate technique. And that required the photographer to mix the chemicals themselves to put everything together to insert the plate and to snap the photo. So one of the reasons why there are no photos of combat during the Civil War was because the chemicals are volatile. It's not the easiest thing to mix... In, in a room, let alone on a field. Let alone when you were getting shot at. It's not super safe to be mixing chemicals, too. They said the equipment was about 50 pounds. So even to lug the stuff around, it was quite hard for the photographer. And they said the chemicals, they're hard to mix. 
I mean, you could get pretty quick at mixing the chemicals, but they're also just hard to transport. They could go bad, all of this type of stuff. Plus, the wet plate method was glass plates, so everything's pretty fragile. But what's interesting, so I'm reading that, I go, okay, that's interesting. And it's interesting that people have asked this question before. Thought Catalog already had an answer ready to go. But they keep saying about the photographer getting shot at. Photographer trying to do this, cannonballs come in, photographer's trying to do that, there's a cavalry charge. What's interesting was the person who was posting this on the X board was also getting these type of debunks. And they go, people would have picnics and watch Civil War battles. It was like the very first big battle of the Civil War. A bunch of people showed up to have a picnic, and it was so bloody and horrible that the people who were having the picnic were like, let's get, let's get out of here. I mean, they were far enough away that they weren't, they weren't under fire, but it was far more horrendous than they had thought. So they packed up all their stuff, and all the picnic goers started going home. And then when the losing army of that battle went to retreat... They were stuck behind all these picnickers and they were getting picked off. So you did have enough picnickers there that weren't in danger during the battle. It was only when they tried leaving when they started this whole clog. This was a thing that people were doing back then. He goes, why didn't the cameraman just set up there? I mean, obviously, if you, if you could have a picnic and you could see the battle, then you don't have to have the, cam you don't have, to have the camera right behind the troops. Have it up on a hill with everyone else who's picnicking. 50 pounds isn't a lot. 50 pounds isn't a lot. People were carrying more than that. There were on-the-go sketch artists. I mean, they weren't carrying around 50 pounds of paper, but we did have artists embedded with the troops. They would draw sketches, and then they would send it out to the newspapers, and the newspapers would turn the sketch into an etching. So we had that going on. You did have people documenting it. You had medics out there with heavy equipment. You had, obviously, military personnel out there with heavy equipment. And there is not a single photo of a battle of the Civil War. I'll put a little asterisk there. This is what I love about the export, right? And we'll get into to one more creepy component going on in the story. You did have someone else jump on the export and go, there are two photos of battles. During the Civil War, too. And it was so funny because the Thought Catalog didn't have them. It was some guy just had them saved to his computer. They're naval battles. There's two photos of ships firing at other ships during the Civil War. And what's interesting is they're a little blurry because things are in motion. But you, if someone tells you these are Civil War boats shooting at each other, you could tell what it was. One of the photos was clearly shot on a beach, and you could see other people on the beach, and they didn't look like soldiers. It looked like people showed up at the beach to watch these two ships fire at each other. So if we can have the photographs of the boats, why couldn't there be a camera set up on a hill? And since there were zero photographs of any battles during the Civil War, which took place over the course of years. You imagine a newspaper that could publish photos as blurry as they might be. They would just be running those constantly. Go get up on a hill. You see where all those picnic people are. Get up there and take a picture. 
What, what's interesting to me, the conspiracy theory itself is is pretty interesting. We've covered stuff like that before. Was World War II real? We did an episode on that. Do nuclear bombs actually exist? We did an episode on that. I'll put those in the show notes. The idea, I think we've, we've talked briefly about the idea that civil war, the civil war was fake, but I think I just kind of glossed over it. This is something we can really jump into with both boots, but it's an interesting question. Has an interesting answer. It doesn't fully answer it. I think they still could have gotten photos of these mass battles. And that was another thing. He goes, we always hear about these battles taking place between 10,000 troops versus 15,000 troops. He goes, all the photos show 12 guys. Maybe there's another photo that shows 40 guys. Maybe you get the rare photo that shows like a couple hundred guys. But where are these photos of 10,000 people marching onto this battlefield. They don't they don't exist. There are photos of huge camps, lots of photos of people camping. This is another interesting way the way victors write the history book. There's photos of Confederate dead bodies being loaded onto wagons by Union soldiers. There's photos of that cuz they go the photographers were free to take pictures after the battle when they were safe. But you know, if they're up on a hill, they're safe too. There's photos of Union soldiers loading dead Confederates onto the back of wagons. And I was reading this article, and they go, see, the Union, they buried their dead. But the Confederates, they left their dead behind, and it was up to the Unions to clean up their mess. And I go, that very well may be true. But just in that sentence, it it it, it puts a little mark on history. I mean, the Confederates were fighting... We're fighting to uphold slavery, right? They wanted to keep their economy going, and their economy was slave-based. But it adds a level of extra barbarity when you go, oh, they can't even bury their dead. They don't even try to bury their dead. We have to bury their dead. So we have photographs. What's interesting about those photos, they're not blurry. So it's like they're posed. The, what's interesting is that the there's a photo, it'll be in the show notes, the horse's head is blurry because the horse was mo- moving during that 3 to 15 seconds. But everyone else is crystal clear. It's like they're just posing. Like the photographer said, okay, everyone freeze. I mean, they're loading dead bodies up on a wagon. Everyone's perfectly still to take the photo. It's super fascinating. Propaganda, again, again the South is doing a lot of stuff that I don't agree with. It's not just that they weren't burying their dead, but the way you can structure these sentences in these articles that that is propaganda they they didn't even bother to bury their dead we had to do it interesting it's also interesting we hear a lot about nuclear bombs being fake <laughs> you're like jason i actually never heard that until you mentioned it 10 minutes ago nuclear bombs being fake is a fairly fast-growing conspiracy theory there's that new christopher nolan movie coming out called oppenheimer about the guy who spearheaded the invention of the nuclear bomb Christopher Nolan is not a big CGI guy, so he recreated a nuclear explosion using conventional explosives. And this is a big technological feat. You'll see articles on this like, wow, he actually was able to perfectly recreate a nuclear explosion simply using conventional explosions. The way everything billows out, the shockwave, the mushroom cloud, all that stuff. You're going to start seeing this nukes were fake Again, you're going to see a lot more. I really think this movie is going to speed up that conspiracy theory. Because the idea is not that Hiroshima and Nagasaki weren't bombed. 
The idea is, is they weren't bombed with nuclear weapons. Nuclear weapons don't exist. They just had a ton of conventional explosives dropped in those two cities. That's it. They're not saying that it never happened. They're just saying a nuclear bomb creates the same explosion. It's just a small, it's a smaller constructed bomb. If you wanted to do that level of damage, it would take far more munitions. And now that you have a filmmaker recreating a nuclear blast, which is a, which is a cool technical feat, you're going to see that pop up. But yeah, it's very, very fascinating conspiracy theory. I'm sure the Civil War is real myself. A lot of people said you can go to Gettysburg and you can pour, pour bullets. You can pull little BBs out of the trees and stuff like that. And it's interesting, his counteraction was that, like, that's not what I'm asking. I'm not asking if you can find BBs in trees. Show me a photo. Show me a photo of a battle. That was, he came in laser-focused. It, more focus than most conspiracy theorists come in with. Fascinating. And what if that's the reason, that, that's the real reason you can't pull BBs out of trees at Gettysburg, not because it's a national park, but you take it home, you're like, what? This was fired by a Red Ranger BB rifle in the 1950s. It's all fake. Then you get assassinated with a cannonball to the head. Great, Gorley, let's go ahead and toss you the keys of the Carboner Copter. We are leaving behind Gettysburg. Fly us all the way out. To a Popeye's chicken. I listen. I'm. I'm. probably going to regret. I'm probably going to regret doing this segment. Generally, I have a rule. I don't tell people what I don't like. Well, I tell people what I don't like in real life. The the waiter's like, "Do you want onions on this hamburger?" I was like, "Oh no, I can't tell them onions suck." I was like, "Yes, extra onions, please." It's not good form, if you're putting out content on the internet especially, to say, I hate My Little Pony. Because you know that for the next six months, if you're lucky, it could go on for the rest of your career, people are going to send you My Little Pony emails. Either it's lighthearted, it's someone just joshing you, or it's someone who who hates your guts and they're like, I'm going to fill his mailbox with My Little Pony pictures. It's not a good idea to tell people what you hate. And I can't say that I hate... I I definitely don't hate this guy. I definitely do not hate this guy. But he... I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm being completely honest. I don't have anything against this dude. But he repulses me on, on a level that I can't understand. And it's not like I'm repulsed by him physically. It's not like when I look at him, I think that he's disgusting. It's not that I don't like his personality. It's not that I don't like his content. I'm not a fan of his content, but it's not like I think there's anything. It's nothing personal is what I'm saying. But when I watch this content creator, it makes me, I don't have a physical, I don't have a problem with his physical form, but he makes me physically repulsed. Like in the sense that my I get upset to my stomach whenever I come across this guy. So I know yeah, I know I'm gonna get spammed with emails, pictures, and all sorts of stuff. But again, I think he's probably a nice guy. I think he does have some mental health problems. He does admit that he has some mental health problems. But let's take a look at the story of. Sorry, Greg. Sorry, Greg, that you're on this episode. <clears throat> Nico Cotto Avocado. Nico Cotto Avocado. Have you guys heard of this dude? 
I, he's a YouTuber. I had no idea who he was for years. It was maybe only like a year ago when I first heard about Nico Cotto. We'll call him Nico for short. His real name is Nicholas Perry, but Nico, the very first time I saw anything about this guy, he made a video. Oh, dude, I was like, I would, oh, I would sue. I would, if I was the CEO of Popeye's Chicken, first off, I'd constantly be sneaking out to go get KFC. I was like, oh, my secret shame. Why couldn't I have been the colonel instead? If I was the CEO of Popeye's Chicken, I 100% would have been like, sue this dude. Because I think I've been to a Popeye's Chicken once in my life. It was okay. But I don't know if I could ever eat there again. Because the very first time I saw a video by Nico Cotto, he pooped his bed. <laughs> he pooped his bed. And the video was him walking around his living room being like, Popeye's chicken sandwich made me poop my bed. And he's like singing this little ditty. And then he throws the blankets back and there's this huge, like, wet orange stain in his bed sheets Because apparently it was like a Popeye's chicken sandwich. <laughs> You're eating Popeye's right now. <laughs> like, extra sauce, please. Yeah. Apparently, it was like this hot chicken sandwich that had, like, some sort of fire sauce on it, some sort of orange grease. And he had eaten this and pooped his bed. Had pooped his bed. <laughs> and he's singing a song about Popeye's chicken sandwiches as he's filming his bed. It's like a big poop stain. It's all orange. And his husband... Is still asleep. The husband, his husband is asleep in the bed next to this poop stain. And he's like, wake up, wake up. I just pooped in the bed. Popeye's chicken sandwich made me poop. I was like, this is disgusting. This might be... <laughs> I mean, I've seen a lot of bad stuff on the internet. But this is gross. And I, I remember thinking, I would sue. I would sue him into oblivion if he said that my chicken sandwiches made him poop his bed and then showed the greasy poop. And people go, that was fake, man. That was fake. You don't understand the art form that Mr. Avocado is all about. I mean, he might be just a buffoon as, as an actor. There, there's a lot of debate about that. But let's go over a brief overview of his of the highlights, quote-unquote lowlights. And we're going to take a look at this theory that recently popped up. Is it possible that Nikocado Avocado has been possessed by a demon of gluttony? Because if you have no idea about Mr. Avocado, let me tell you a little bit. I should have done this part first. I just needed to get that off my chest. I need to get that whole part off my chest. So, uh, Nikocado Avocado, he's 30 years old. Back in 2014, he started making videos where he was a vegan vlogger. So, you talk about his diet, eating celery and peanut butter or whatever. And he was a fairly slim guy. He, was, he seemed quite petite. I'd say maybe like 160. Maybe. Maybe a little bit smaller. But anyways, he talked about just eating vegetables and living a healthy life. What happened was he did that for a couple of years. And then this new trend on YouTube started, or at least it hit the West, called Muckbanger. Muckbanging. 
And that's basically how much food can I stuff down my gullet on camera. Now, it's originally from the East. It's originally, I think it originated in Korea, Japan, places like that. And they were eating reasonable amounts of food. But then it came to America. Then it came to America. And it was the 10,000 calorie in one meal challenge. And Nico left behind his vegan ways and just began gorging himself on fast food. Nowadays, he's around 320 pounds. So he's put on a huge amount of weight in a very, very short amount of time. And his videos really play it up. If you look at his thumbnails, I'm going to have a bunch of them in the show notes. A lot of the videos he's wearing, clothes that are too small for him. So his belly, his belly's pretty much exposed. The shirt is like tight against his arms. And he does a lot of, almost like Chris Farley-esque, like, look at how heavy I am. I'm laughing, but I'm crying inside. He also does a lot of crying. There's videos where he's just sobbing as he's eating 10 meals from in and out There's one video called My New Diet as a Disabled Person, because apparently he broke three ribs. So now he goes, well, I'm physically disabled. So he started doing videos wearing a CPAP mask, which I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he had laying around. When you put on that much weight that quickly, it will compress your lungs. You'll have a hard time breathing while you sleep. There's videos, the thumbnail is him wearing a CPAP mask. And I counted, I counted, there was seven, this was from like five guys, burger joint. He had seven orders of fries, three burgers, two sodas, and a milkshake. And then next to those, a greasy brown paper bag, which I can only assume is still full of other food. And then, I didn't watch the video. I, didn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't watch any of these videos. I've watched some atrocious stuff for the show. I'm like, Nick Bates? Oh, I'll watch this video. Ugh. Mikado Avocado, he did another video. My new diet as a disabled person. Same, you know, same topic, right? Because he's just, he's, uh, he just goes for these extremes. It's him wearing a CPAP mask. Surrounded by 15 large pepperoni pizzas. So, I mean, there's so much you could look at. I mean, like, this guy has basically ruined his body for internet fame. And that's kind of the big takeaway. There's been a lot of... A lot of people say he's playing an act. He actually came out with this video, and it was the... I mean, out of all the stuff I've seen about him, I've seen snippets. I saw the stupid Popeye's chicken video. It made me sick to my stomach. There's a bunch of photos out there of his butthole, and then there's, like, Photoshopped photos where his butt his butt is a couch with a cat crawling out of it. I mean, it's like I can't get away from him. Someone used an AI art to turn him into a nebula, but, but there's like a black hole where his butthole should be. It's all so horrible. And a lot of people go, this is what the internet does to people. Like, we know this. Sometimes people go nuts. Sometimes people are already nuts. When we look at someone like Austin Jones, that acapella singer who started manufacturing child pornography, like, he probably was a pedophile. And now all of a sudden he had this huge reach. And he was like only 28 years old. But you can still be a pedophile no matter what age. Well, I guess probably if you're not a kid yourself. I don't know. Could you? I don't want, I don't want to research that. Anyways, you have people like that. 
I mean, he probably would have been doing disgusting stuff whether or not he was famous. Just being famous allowed him access to young girls to make child pornography. You have people like there's streamers like this guy named Wings of Redemption. He's also another guy who's put on a scary amount of weight and he has these huge anger issues and people make him mad on purpose because he like streams Call of Duty and they find out where he's playing and they just stream snipe him and he gets mad. He starts smashing everything around in his room. Wings of Redemption is probably one of those guys who might have been totally, he might have had a much more normal and healthy life and not had these massive anger issues if he wasn't famous. If people weren't pissing him off on purpose. When we look at people like Nikocado Avocado, is he just chasing trends? Did he start with the first thing like, wow, here's a vegan who's eating an American cheeseburger for the first time. So he does that video. And then he starts to get more and more extreme where now it's 10 cheeseburgers. Now it's like, I'm going to stay up for 24 hours and eat a cheeseburger for each hour and blah, blah, blah. He's chasing those trends. He's chasing those extremes. It's definitely possible we can look at it like that. And there is this video out there. It's one of the very few videos. I think I've only watched one of his videos all the way through. Where he's like, you guys have all been fooled. I'll actually play a clip of it because I think it's interesting. I feel as if my life has been positioned to where I'm monitoring ants on an ant farm. One follows another, follows another, follows another. It's, it's mesmerizing. It's enthralling. It's spellbinding. Just look at all these consumers. All of these lost and bored people consuming anything that they're told to consume. I am the villain. I make myself one. And people will consume these stories year after year after year. Stories that, stories that shock, that confuse, stories that are deliberately made to blur the boundaries between fact and fiction. Stories that permeate, infect, and linger in the minds of the ants influence the ants, brainwash the ants. You are the ant. He, th th that video, he's, it's so interesting because I've watched that video a couple times. He is saying it's all an act, but you can tell he's acting now. That's not how normal people talk. That's how people talk when they want to sound superior and sinister. That's not how normal people talk. I've met people who are superior and sinister, and that's not how they talk. That's someone who was raised on, like, Marvel movies and G.I. Joe talks. Ants. Ants. All of you. It's just very... It's, it's fake. He's acting. I do think there's probably a seed of truth there. I do think that he was exaggerating on purpose to get more views... But I don't think I don't think he's acting to the level that he thinks he's acting. I think he's 
more serious about it, what he's doing than he is. But this isn't a social commentary podcast. I'm not really here to to basically doom my email inbox to be filled with Nakato avocado images until the end of time. That's not why I'm here. This conspiracy theory, it came on the export again the other day. They've been putting out some good stuff lately. Is it possible that this is a case of demonic possession by some form of gluttony demon? And all they, all they had to do was post a photo. The photo's a little Photoshop. They gave him red eyes and things like that. But that's that's an interesting question. Like, this guy... Listen, I, at my heaviest, I was heavier than 320. I got up to 350. So this isn't a thing of, oh no, look at how fat he is. Isn't that funny? Isn't that a huge moral problem? That's not it. I'm. Mean, that's not what this is. is. So it's not that. It's the fact that... It, he does seem to have made a deal with the devil. Like, he's very famous. He has 5.5 million followers. Each of his videos get over a million views. I mean, this is how he's making his money right now. He's making tens of thousands of dollars, most likely tens of thousands of dollars a month. I'd say ten to 20,000 a month. Just from these videos. I don't think, anyone, I don't think anyone's sponsoring him. Popeye's Chicken partners with Nakato. I don't think it's that. So he's like dependent on this. And the question is, is did he make a deal with the devil that he wanted to be famous? And this is the pit he's stuck in. It's super interesting. I was reading a little bit about his life. He originally wanted to be a musician. He was like a classically trained musician. He's living in New York and he used the term, which I think a lot of artists feel like they are. It was like being a little fish in a big pond. Especially in New York, right? If you want to be a musician or an actor and you're in New York, everyone's a musician or an actor. And people already have an issue where they don't feel special. Most people don't feel special. And now you don't feel special. If you don't feel special and you're a welder, you can probably figure that out. You can probably figure out that everyone's the main character in their own story, but a background character in someone else's. And what does special mean but if you're in the creative arts and your job is being creative and you're constantly seeing people who are less creative than you getting jobs or you feel they're less creative than you or less talented than you getting jobs your non-special nature is getting reinforced every single day if you're a welder they're not like johnny you made a cool smiley face on that oil rig we welded the other day you're promoted for being extra special You know what I mean? It's not constantly in your face. You're not constantly getting reinforcement that you're not special. You're a welder. Your job is not about how special you are. So he goes from being a struggling artist to very famous. In the world of YouTube, it's funny because most people around the world would have never heard about this guy. But if if you're huge in just your scene, that's good enough. That's good enough. And so the question is, is did he... And I think this is a valid question because I can't... This isn't all, not everything boils down to me, but I, didn't, I couldn't put my finger on it because, again, I don't have a problem with overweight people. I don't even have a problem with people eating 10,000 calories in a meal. But when I look at video footage of this guy, it may, I get physically repulsed and I couldn't figure out what it was. But it could be that he is possessed by a demon. Because it does seem like that. 
It does seem like he's been possessed by some sort of demonic entity that he made a deal with, maybe not even consciously. But I just get that fee. I, I this is what this is. You may totally, totally love his content. You may not get that feeling. When I look at him, I feel like I'm not looking at a human. I feel like I'm looking at someone who is impersonating or has the mannerisms of a human. But something so off, it's all Uncanny Valley is the way I would put it. That's how I feel when I'm looking at something from the Uncanny Valley. In fact, I would say that watching a Nikado Avocado video makes me more physically sick than watching like Polar Express or Mars Needs Moms or any of these movies that toe the line of the Uncanny Valley. It's super bizarre. And I could, I just figured I didn't like his content because it was so gross because he was eating so much. But I like eating. I love eating. That's the reason why I put on so much weight. So it's not a matter of his weight. It's not even a matter of him eating so much. I love milkshakes. I wish I had a milkshake right now. But I do get this weird, uncanny, and I could never put my finger on it until I saw that headline. Like, it does seem, when I look at photos, even just photos, but mostly video, when it's in motion, it makes me physically ill. And I'm wondering if other people who are watching it go, because he does have a reputation. That's why people are taking photos of his butthole, turning it into a quasar. He does have a reputation of making people sick to their stomach. A lot of people go, this is so disgusting. But I'm wondering if they're also reacting to not the amount of food he's eating, but the unseen qualities, the demonic qualities of this young man. Basically, something came to him and made the deal. You can be rich and famous and live the life you want where people will pay attention to you and you will be special. But you have to do what I say. Or or even more chilling, you will invite me into your body. That's a hard deal for a lot of young people, a lot of desperate people to turn away. And we recently did that episode about that guy who had millions of dollars basically set in front of him and said, if you want this... You have to give up your next life. You'll be a vampire when you're reincarnated. And he's like, I don't know if I even believe in reincarnation or vampires, but should I take the money? I think most people, if they got an intrusive thought, if they started thinking that there was something outside of them saying, accept me into your life and I will make things better. Accept me into your life and I will give you everything you desire. I think people who aren't religious, people who don't believe in the paranormal, if they that thought's in their head, they're like, you know what? Whatever. Yes. Because I don't believe in the paranormal anyways, so I just have this weird, goofy thought and I'll say yes, and I since I don't believe in the human soul, it doesn't really get anything, so I'm making out. I'm getting the best of the bargain. Souls don't exist. The afterlife doesn't exist. So sure, you can have my soul. Just give me the fame and the fortune. When you ask a religious person that, they'll, I mean, they'll, they'll be deep in thought. They may still also succumb to that. But someone who is religious or someone who is not religious but deeply believes in the paranormal, because there is a large contingent of people like that, you may not believe in God at all. But if you're contacted by something you think is a demon or something outside of you, saying, I can give you everything you want, but I want your soul. Even they'd be like, absolutely not, because I believe in demons and I know what this is. But someone just walking down the street, if they are told, and again, it could be not like a demon showed up in his bedroom holding <laughs> holding a Popeye's chicken sandwich and go, eat this. Your butthole will forever be cursed. 
It could have been much more sly than that, but it does feel like something like this happened. Now there is let's let's do the skeptical argument. We're going to wrap it up like this. Someone on the export because people were it was funny. People talked about this honestly a little more civilly than they did with the Civil War post. People got more worked up over that one, but on this one, someone said it was interesting. They go really what we're looking at here is someone. This is what happens when and I know the, I know a lot of parents listen to this podcast. I find this fascinating. I don't necessarily know how true it is, but they go when when a parent gives their child an incredibly restricted diet or limits their exposure to addictive things in life. And and let's say legal addictive, because I don't think most parents are like, oh, you can try heroin, son, but only once. So if that's legally addictive, like sugars and fats and oils, all this stuff we have in these super processed foods nowadays, milkshakes. When you have children that are raised in a household where there's a zero milkshake policy. When they get out of the household, they've never really had milkshakes. They've never had a lot of ice cream or anything like that. Now they're 22, they're 23. They have a fairly large income, or at least enough <laughs> at least enough to afford a milkshake. Then for, if for the first time they're being introduced to these fats and these sugars and their oils, they gorge themselves on them. Because the it's been limited to them as a child, and they haven't built up any mechanisms of temperance. They haven't built up the thing to be like, you know what, that milkshake's really good, and there's a half gallon of ice cream sitting in the freezer right now, but I can't have it. I, I, I One milkshake is too much. It's something Jason's never said, but when you're an adult, and you're the first time you're really eating like ice cream out of the carton, you're like, oh, I can have this whole Ben & Jerry's little thing by myself. And then I can have, you know, it's it's Wednesday night. It's time for my Ben and Jerry's. And then pretty soon you're eating it all the time. I think that's where a lot of stuff we see, like the freshman 15, people who go away to college, they're putting on weight because for the first time they're buying their own food and they're making poor food choices. And he goes, it's kind of what this is. This young man was a vegan. He probably had a pretty restrictive diet growing up. And then all of a sudden he can drink as many milkshakes as he wants and he doesn't have any... It is super weird when you watch videos and how much of it is an act. He seems like a, at the very least, if he's not demonically possessed, he seems like a drug addict. It's it's so bizarre. It is so weird and it's so off-putting. It's repulsive. And it's funny, it's not about him overeating. It's not about his physical form. It's not that I hate fat people or I hate food or anything like that. When I watch a video of him in motion, even one where he's sitting on a couch just doing a testimonial, something seems so inhuman, so off-putting, so diabolical. And I can never put my finger, I can never really use any of those words. I just figured Popeye chicken sandwich. Whenever I saw this guy, all I ever remember was that stupid Popeye chicken sandwich video. And I always just figured, oh, this guy grosses me out. I'm never eating Popeyes again. I can't even watch the Popeye cartoon anymore. I always figured it went back to that. I'd look at him and I would just get sick to my stomach. And I thought it was because of that Popeye's chicken sandwich video. But it may turn out that what I was reacting to was this demonic presence inside his body. It's a terrifying story. It may be nothing to it. It may just be that because the first time I saw him... I saw him have diarrhea in a bed, and then his first instinct was to videotape it. 
if all of this is untrue, if he's not actually a demon, I mean, I don't hate the guy. I don't, I'm not sorry for him. Or I don't feel pity for him. Or He needs to get his life together before he dies. If this is the life he wants to live, this is the life he wants to live. It's not... I don't think... I don't, I was just, he's not harming anyone. I don't think he has an army of people who are like, you know what, I want to be like my hero. I want to poop the bed as well. I don't think so. I think people watch him for shock value. I could be wrong on that. So is Nikocado Avocado possessed by a demon? A demon of gluttony? A demon who's making him eat so much that he can't buy a new shirt? That his clothes are getting tight? Well, I mean, and eat so much that he can't breathe while he's sleeping and he's breaking ribs somehow, just walking around. He shatters three ribs. So has a demon of gluttony possessed Nikocado Avocado? I don't know. I couldn't... 100% say for sure, but I couldn't 100% say for sure either way. I could not say, I would not bet money that no, he is not possessed by a demon. Because something just seems so off. But I do know that if I was a demon, these are the type of people I would look for. I mean, he matches the profile of someone who wants fame and fortune and will do anything to get it. And I would say 99% of the world isn't happy with where they're at. 99% of the world wants something more. But then you have just people who, they don't just want more, they want it all. They want the fame and the fortune, the prestige, the power. So I can't say for sure that Nakato Avocado is possessed by a demon. Can't say for sure either way. But I guarantee that right now there are demons on the lookout. For their next victims. The only question is. Will we recognize them when they. Star in our movies. Walk down our red carpets. Or simply. Pretend to be close personal friends. Posting a new YouTube video. That you can't. Wait to watch. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.